I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Campbell's Soup, iconic tinned products with a range of flavours, more satisfying than broth. On these shows, I talk about the songs of Iron Maiden and my opinion of them growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. I share some memories, but I also share some current thoughts as well, because often my opinion has changed. This week, I'm looking at Quest for Fire, which is track 7 on the Peace of Mind album. Last week, I looked at Still Life and had a few comments on the episode. Despite me mentioning a rather funny joke about painting a still carton of Vimto as a still life painting while at school, nobody commented on this or congratulated me on quite a clever joke. Admittedly, it was quite clever for a seven-year-old, but even so, I thought it might get some interest. Never mind. Despite this, I did get some interest about painting, but sadly, it was about Trevor's idea of doing a still-life painting of a Frey Bentos tin. And Alana Curry said that she'd be interested in this were he to paint one. So yeah, I'll pass this on. I had a message from someone called Tom Bailey, and he's annoyed that Iron Maiden have got a new live album out. This is strange, you might think, but that's not the end of the sentence. He says he's annoyed that they've got a new album out, the first one that's come out since my podcast began, and I'm not paying any attention to it. And in fact, I'm doing an episode on Quest for Fire. And he actually goes on to say he's a bit angry that he might have to wait four years until I do cover this new live album. Well, I'm very sorry about this, Tom Bailey, but the structure of my podcast means I'm covering the songs in order. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm not going to stray from the pattern and the plan. People are expecting Quest for Fire, even if they don't want it. Even if they want to skip to the next one. And maybe some people will. Maybe they won't listen to this episode. So as I said, this week I'm covering Quest for Fire. And you may notice I was just speaking quite slowly there because I'm worried that I might not have much to say about it and I need to fill an episode. So if I speak slowly, it might be better for listeners anyway. Because in Podcast for Dummies, it does mention clarity and diction. But I'm not going to do that for the whole show because it will be quite frustrating and, and, and maybe painful. As I've said, the song I'm covering this week is called Quest for Fire, which is quite a strange title. The word quest means like a search, often used as an expedition for knights and people in the past. I knew this word because I used to do role-playing games and often you'd go on quests. Even if I didn't play role-playing games, I'd know the word quest because as a boy, There are TV shows like Dungeons and Dragons, which was a cartoon where the characters went on a quest. I don't know if they ever finished it. There was another show called Nightmare, which began with a K. And that was sort of computer graphics and and a team would sort of guide their friend round. He'd had a helmet on so he couldn't see what he was doing. And they'd sort of guide him and, and they'd be on a quest. And again, I don't know if anyone ever completed this. Quest for Fire sounded like it could have been a game show on the teller, although I don't know what that would have involved. It also sounded like one of those 1980s computer games where you typed in commands like go north, take spear, kill bear, and then you might get some progress in it, or the computer might not understand what you were saying. So it's quite a strange thing to go on a quest for, isn't it? Fire. Most people go on quests for treasure, or if we look at the modern day, Quests for fame. I do know someone who moved house earlier this year and he was making some renovations 
and had to go to a fire showroom to pick a new fire for the living room. I wonder if he saw this as a type of quest. Maybe he sang the song in the car on the way to the industrial estate. Although I don't think he likes Iron Maiden. I never knew why Iron Maiden were on a quest for fire. Because, to me, they'd already got it. Because they'd released a song called I've Got the Fire earlier on as a B-side to Sanctuary. So, if they had the fire, why were they on the quest for it? Maybe they lost it. I knew that people lost their keys, and they would have had that before, wouldn't they? Or or they lost their memory. Or or maybe even their Star Wars figures at school. I realise now that that was silly. And of course, I've Got the Fire wasn't a song written by Iron Maiden. So, they never had it after all. It starts off with quite a strange drum pattern. And I thought it was like a waltz. Because it goes quick, quick, slow, quick, quick, slow, quick, quick, slow. A waltz is just like three beats in a, in a bar, I think. So it's a bit different to a standard signature. It was my least favourite pattern on my Casio keyboard in the 1980s. I quite liked Bossa Nova and Disco. They were more exciting. I had eight patterns and, and waltz was the most boring. I never played the waltz pattern thinking of Quest for Fire. And I sort of regret this now. Later on, I advanced to a Yamaha DD10, which was a drum machine with eight pads. But it was small, so you couldn't hit it with sticks because you'd break it. So you had to use your fingers. So I could never be Nico with a Yamaha DD10. I don't remember if it had a waltz pattern. There's not many Iron Maiden songs with a waltz pattern or a one, two, three pattern. I think maybe the introduction to Strange World has it. What is strange is that it doesn't stick with this pattern, so it has this waltz beat, if you like, but then it goes into a standard 4-4 time signature. It seems to bumble along quite nicely, but then the lyrics come in, with Bruce singing them of course, and it says, In a time when dinosaurs walked the earth. And this reminds me of the Invaders lyrics, where it's sort of recounting a historic scenario, but it's not how you'd say it if you were speaking it, so it sounds a bit strange. Like it's being read from a book. Hi, this is Adrian Smith. In a time when dinosaurs walked the earth, when the land was swamp and caves were home. If I was to tell you about something that happened in a time when dinosaurs walked the earth, I'd probably say, when we had dinosaurs, this happened. But obviously, they've got to make it fit a melody, haven't they, in a song? I mentioned the term textbook lyrics for invaders. And it sounds like, again, he's sort of reading about this in a textbook, set in a scene historically, which is all right, I suppose, but it sounds a bit strange in a song. There's a line that says, to search for landscapes, men would roam. This is nonsense. I I don't know what this means. It sounds like it's just saying men are roaming, looking for landscapes, which still doesn't make sense. I don't think I've been out of the house thinking I might search for some landscapes today. This isn't a hobby of anybody's, even in prehistoric times. I've done a spoiler there. I've mentioned that this song is about prehistoric times. But you might have guessed this from the line in a time when dinosaurs walked the earth. I think the lyrics are quite weak in this song. Even when there's a fight scene, it just says they fought a vicious, angry battle. And that's it. You might remember a lot of the detail in songs like The Trooper, Invaders, and run to the hills. Quite vivid details, perhaps even quite graphic for a boy, but this is sort of nothing special. I suppose Trevor might say, it's a show and don't tell, isn't it? We've got the basics, but it doesn't go into detail, so you sort of 
fill in the gaps yourself. But I don't want to do this. As I've said, that to fit some lyrics into the melody. But I think it's quite a standard sort of song. I don't think it's particularly complex. And I think they could have had any sort of lyric in and it would have been all right. So I don't know why they chose this topic. I say they. Steve Harris wrote the song. I mean, you could put anything in there, couldn't you? I am Wayne and I live with my mum in Birmingham. This isn't great, but I'm showing that the band could have chosen any topic and it would have been better. Maybe Steve Harris was reading a book about cavemen. Or maybe he was binge-watching the Flintstones on the telly. I wonder if he had the topic as an idea before he started writing the music. Or maybe the music was there and he had to come up with something quickly before the album was released. The chorus melody is also simple. They just say, drawn by quest for fire, which is five syllables. In fact, of those five syllables, I calculate there's only three notes that are used in it. A bit like a nursery rhyme, quite simple. I remember adapting these words to suit a fire safety message that was going around at the time. The message was quite long and it was Matches, matches, never touch. They can hurt you very much. And there was a mascot for this called Wellyfant and he was part of this campaign to stop children playing with matches. This Wellyfant was actually an elephant but in a fireman's outfit. There was an advert and all sorts. I remember seeing it on the telly. But we were talking about it in class. People were saying it was nice. Well, not, not the burning bit, but Wellyfant was nice. And I sang the following based on Quest for Fire. Please don't play with fire. You may well burn your hand. I may have sang this with higher notes as I was a boy then. And it might have sounded more like the original. But I believe these lines are better than what Wellyfant and Iron Maiden came up with. People seemed quite impressed with this in the class. Thomas Spencer especially. But then he changed fire to Wayne. So it said, please don't play with Wayne. Which was like a warning to everybody. And that meant that I got lonely when everyone else was in the playground. No one played with me anymore. So for a few months, I sat in the class as if it was a wet playtime, just reading the Beano comic. Now it's time for Dave Morey Fact of the Week. Hello. This week, I'm looking at Dave Morey's initials, which are DM. DM can also stand for Doc Martin's Direct Message, Danger Mouse, and more appropriately, Doctor of Music. So I hope you enjoyed this week's Dave Morey Fact of the Week. So far, I've been quite critical about the lyrics and the general tone of the song. I also had some issues with Die With Your Boots On, which was another chorus which I didn't like. What I'm going to do now is play both side by side and assess my reaction to them. It may have appeared that my groans were quite similar for both songs, so how can I judge which one I'm less happy with? Luckily, I've got a good audio editing software that I use to put together these podcasts, and I can see the sound wave for both groans, so I can assess from that which one was deeper and more substantial. And it appears that Die With Your Boots On is still a slightly worse chorus than Quest For Fire. Maybe I should do this for all the songs. I think it's better than using a spreadsheet like most people do. A bit like a reverse clapometer, which I never actually saw being used. I think it's fictional. I don't think there were any clapometers that measured applause to see how popular an act was in a, in a talent show. 
I think what I don't like about this and Die With The Boots on and several other songs on the Peace Of Mind album is that they use the harmonies a bit too much in the chorus. I, I could say the same about Flight Of Icarus and some are still alive. I wonder how much of this is needed. It seems quite different from the previous albums. Maybe this makes Peace Of Mind more of its time and attempt to be more commercial. Despite the lyrics, there's a slightly jaunty feel to the chorus and you can imagine cavemen skipping to it if the band performed this in prehistoric times. Although I don't think they had guitars then. If they played this live today with Yannick, he'd probably do a jig at this point. Now it's time for... Steve Harris's Diary Steve Harris's Diary Steve Harris's Diary September 1983 Still busy with all touring and that? I'm keeping on top of things going on in the UK though. Nice to see West Ham off to a flying start. Five wins on the trot. Top of the league we are. That Tony Cotty looks good. Not so impressed with the fact that we've got to use these new pan coins though. They ain't so nice. I don't like the look of them. Might weigh down the pockets a bit. I'm starting to think about next year's album. Been reading some poetry from the past to get a bit of inspiration. I got a book about Victorian poets. And uh, yeah, I read a few. They're alright. But luckily, there was a commentary in the back, so it made me understand it a bit more. I thought that was really useful. They shall put that in all poetry books. Steve Harris's Diary 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 is sponsored by 7up. From the start, musically, it seems okay. Especially if you listen to the drum track. I think it's pretty good. I think Nico tries to add some interest to it. Although, it becomes a bit more standard in the second verse. A bit more routine, like he's just given up on the song. It's quite a nice musical interlude, and it's what I call the diddle-dum section. And this diddle-dum section leads into a solo. It's not the best solo ever, but they put like this echo on it to give it more drama. Also, they do a twin lead section, which is very nice. But then of course, it goes into the chorus which is quite annoying. There's not a lot of love for this song from Iron Maiden fans and critics. In a recent Top 165 Iron Maiden Songs article in Loudwire, this was number 160. This included some of their B-sides as well, so I think there was only two album tracks that were worse than Quest for Fire. Both of them were from the 90s. Looking at the lyrics... I feel it's a bit throwaway and maybe even childish. I don't think a song like this should be on a classic rock album. But I suppose it has to be the odd stinker. As I've said, the solo's pretty good. And the intro and the outro are quite interesting. But I don't like the intro because I know what's going to come next, i.e. the song. But then the outro is nice because you know it's over. So it's a bit of a relief. It's never been played live, I assume. Normally I'd do the research for it, wouldn't I? And I'd tell you how many times it had been played live. But I don't want this in my web search history. So from the lyrics, 
I don't see the point of it. I don't learn anything from it. People are searching for this fire. And it's going around in circles. It's like pointless. It's a bit like those French films from the 1960s that Trevor watches. They just stop with nothing resolved. There's a well-known saying that you have to suffer for your art. So I played this song several times in a row this week so that you don't have to. With the disappointing lyrics, it's a shame that Paul Diano wasn't involved in the band at this point. I don't know if he went as far back as the prehistoric age in his time machine, but he might have been able to add some insight into the lives of these people. Steve Harris could only imagine this time, of course, because he wasn't born then. And there's no surviving photographs of cavemen. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring now and see what he's been up to. You've dialed an incorrect number. Please check the number and try again. That's strange. Huh. Maybe we won't have Trevor this week. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, that's strange. That's, that's my phone. Don't know who this is. Hello? Hi, Wayne. It's Trevor. Hello, Trevor. What's going on? You, you changed your number? Yeah, yeah, I've had to change my number. How come? I was getting nuisance calls. Oh, that's strange. I hope this isn't as a result of your book and getting more famous. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd have to change it. Well, when you get nuisance calls, you normally just ignore it, don't you? Like, you know, we've all had nuisance calls. Don't have to change number, just block it. Well, maybe. But this wasn't the usual sort of nuisance call. It wasn't someone selling something. It was someone I knew. It wasn't that Pamela Cartwright, was it, who thought she was the beast in your poem, The Number of the Beast? No, it wasn't her. Anyway, I thought we'd said she didn't exist. Oh, yeah. Well, who was it then? I don't want to say. OK. Uh, anyway, um, I'm glad you called. That was good timing because uh, I was about to call you. Yeah, I know. That's why I called. I thought it was about this time. So, uh, here I am. Good. So, what have you been up to this week then, apart from changing your phone? Phone number. Well, I've been wondering what to do next. Uh, I'm always quite restless being creative. Um, I see that people are becoming influencers once they get a bit successful. What's that mean? Well, they like become like brand ambassadors. They post pictures of themselves wearing clothes and pouting. I might try and influence people in fashion. I might try and bring double denim back. Double denim hasn't gone anywhere, has it? Anyway, last week you said he didn't like real people chasing fame by being on the telly. Well, yeah, but this is different. This is social media. And you might be a way of getting money in. I just need a job, really, Wayne. It's getting difficult. Uh, OK, well, anyway, let's stick with the, uh, the podcast topic, please, because I want to move on this week, because last time there was too much yakking about nonsense. So uh, let's get on to... Quest for Fire, please. How do you feel about that song? Yeah, well, it's all right. I, I don't really like it that much. I don't think I'd put it on a playlist. Um, but I think it'd be quite interesting. I'd love them to play this live. I wonder what reaction it would get. It'd probably get baffled stares, maybe some ironic cheers. I think fans would appreciate it, even if it isn't popular. Yeah, maybe. I don't think many fans would pull it in their dream set list, but as no one's ever seen it played before, then uh, maybe it would be a, a nice curiosity. Yeah, it'd be something new, wouldn't it? A bit like some of the songs on the new live album, but I imagine you've already talked about that. Uh, no, I haven't, actually. 
Um, okay, well, if they did play it live, how would you how would you dance to it? Uh, I think I'd just form a circle of people and we'd all put our arms around each other and jump up and down. Okay. Um, so the song's all right then? Yeah, I think I preferred it more when I was younger because uh, I used to have a dinosaur costume and I used to wear that and go around the garden sort of jumping about and singing. What, you sang Quest for Fire dressed as a dinosaur? No, I had a song because I, I called myself Trevor the Dinosaur so I had a song that went I'm Trevor the Dinosaur. Didn't you have a similar song called I'm Trevor the Trooper? Yeah, I had many songs. Okay, well, fair enough. I think that the fire is symbolic. I think it's like a thing that we're all searching for. Not necessarily fire, but it's just something, some sort of passion. So in the song, they're looking for this thing. Um, they look all over the place, but they don't realise it can be produced themselves. And that's a bit like us, isn't it? Humans. We don't realise that we've got a lot of stuff within ourselves. Yeah, I suppose that's right. Uh, anyway, talking of uh, passions or, or flames or whatever, um, obviously one of your uh, passions is, is poetry. And uh, have you got a poem inspired by Quest for Fire, whether the song or the theme? Yeah, okay. I'll uh, read it now. I watch you at the school disco doing the moves to ups upside your head. And I want to join in but you'll laugh at my mullet and hand-knitted cardigan. It only takes one moment, but I cannot find the flame within me to ignite our love. Okay, so uh, once again, you've looked at a love poem. Um, no no French ladies or balloons. Uh, that's, that's something, I suppose. Yeah, it's not about me, though. All right. Uh, well, was this something that happened at the school disco? I, I, I thought maybe it was. No, I never had a mullet. Oh, uh, hang on a minute. This is about me, isn't it? I can't say, Wayne. I think it is. What, what are you trying to say here? This is about me not asking Fiona Gregory to dance. Might be. Um, yeah. Anyway, as I said, we're all searching for something, aren't we? What are you searching for? I'm not prepared to say on the podcast. I said it's. You said you don't want to be yakking, so I'm not going to be talking about what I'm searching for. All right, well, anyway, I'll uh, save this new number then, so I'll give you a ring as normal from next week. Um, any comments about your book? How's that going? Yeah, it's going pretty well. Obviously, we're getting closer to Christmas. There's still a few copies left. I'd like to thank everyone who has bought it, and I hope they've enjoyed it. It's nice to provide some happiness in these times. Yes, OK, well, uh, thank you very much. Um Next week we've got Sun and Steel, so uh, I look forward to your poem on that. Okay, thanks Wayne. Bye. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Wayne Maiden. I'm on Facebook. I've got a Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com forward slash wimp. So get in touch. Um, let me know what you think about Quest for Fire, maybe about the podcast in general. I think people feel this is one of the weaker songs, certainly of the 1980s. Of the ones I've covered so far, I think Gangland is often looked down on. But I think Gangland is better than Quest for Fire. I suppose I've also done Women in Uniform, which I wasn't keen on. And that's a bit tougher to call. I think Women in Uniform isn't really their song, but it's nothing special. I feel like Quest for Fire, maybe it's got a bit more going for it. I didn't mind this song as a boy. 
When I was at school, I was on the cusp of joining the school choir. And the chorus in this was quite high, so I could reach these notes. And it showcased my strengths, certainly in the living room. But I didn't really have the confidence to take it further. I've had a message from Joe Leeway, who says that following Trevor's poem last week, he started watching Midsummer Murders with the curtains closed. So that's interesting. And it's nice that the podcast can make a difference to people's lives. I've also had a message from Mark Harvey, and he congratulated me on the 40th episode, and I had like a mini celebration to myself. You may recall that I said I was going to drink some pop and have a bath. And he wondered what I'd do in the bath. And this may seem like a strange question, but reading further, he means, do I use bubble bath, bath soak or bath foam? And I'm not sure I know what the difference is. When I was a boy, I used matey bubble bath, which was like a, a sailor. But you occasionally got limited editions like pirates and mermaids. You can still buy it, but I'd, I haven't had it for a few years. My mum gets the Avon catalogue, so I just get whatever she orders. Sometimes it's quite woody, sometimes quite musky, but I don't mind. I don't want to reveal which product I use from Avon in case they get in touch about being a brand ambassador like Trevor was on about. That's not for me. So I don't know if that answers your question, Mark Harvey. But it's coming up to Christmas soon, and often I get gift sets with toiletries in, particularly off my mum's friend Christine. Maybe I'll open some live on the Christmas special in a few weeks. So there we are, a mixture of comments, and I'll welcome them all, even if it is about porridge or bubble bath. And I look forward to speaking to you next week. I've got a show about sun and steel, so that'll be interesting. I haven't listened to that for a while, so I'll enjoy that. So yeah, see what I think about it. Um, Okay, well, I'll uh, leave you with some quests for fire, and uh, thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.